Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that. Do tell your friends about us. Do rate us weekly. Do tell us what you want to see changed at greatagereboot.com. You can ask questions at greatagereboot.com or info at greatagereboot.com. Heavy coffee drinking may double the risk for cardiovascular disease in hypertension. That's our odd omega story, but it's crazy because what it means is if your blood pressure is over 160, over 90, you should get your blood pressure treated, not avoid coffee. Get the blood pressure down. It's one of the six most important things you can do. Intermittent intermittent fasting is feasible with insulin-treated type 2 diabetes and it, that is going every other day with on a low calorie and exercise, reverses type 2 diabetes and prediabetes. Increased prediabetes is undiagnosed in premenopausal women in the past two decades. Yet, coffee, remember we said that story before, coffee can lower a woman's odd of diabetes after pregnancy. These are just some of the stories on 1131A, You, the Owner's Manual, brought to you as always by Life's First Naturals and GreatAgeReboot.com. Go to GreatAgeReboot.com and download the Reboot Your Age app so you can stay younger for longer. Artificial sweetened drinks up the risk for urinary incontinence in women by about 20%. Not much, but enough to say, if you've got urinary incontinence, if you've got stress incontinence, whatever, try giving up artificially sweetened drinks and see if it works. A tough new labeling law for Sepsime products prompts companies to add it to their products. Why? Well, if they add it, then they put it on the label and they avoid the, all the liability of maybe having it in their product or someone developing an allergy and suing them and not knowing they had it in their product. So the tough new labeling law, a lot of firms are adding just a little bit of sesame to their products. Um, the, um, The FDA, and this is probably the most important study, so we'll call this segment the longevity is the next disruptor segment. The FDA approves the first gene therapy for non-muscle invasive bladder cancer. Now I want want you to think about this. This is a cancer that 50% of the time you get treatments every three or so months, you get a infusion of a BCG, which is a bacillus um, that triggers an immune response in your body. And that immune response attacks about 50% of bladder cancers. Now, it's not pretty. It's every three months you get a tube up your 
uh, urethra. You get an infusion of this, and um, in those people, it gets rid of the bladder cancer in those 50%, but you need it every three or four months. What happens if it becomes unresponsive or isn't responsive to begin with? Well, those people go on and unfortunately die pretty quickly or the tumor spreads to the muscle layer and you have to have your bladder taken out and then pee through a, another tube. Um, it's not ideal at all. And that can have infections and all kinds of stuff. But in this case, patients received this gene therapy once every three months for up to 12 months. And this is for recurrent high grade, um, if you will, non-muscle invasive bladder cancer that was not responsive to BCG. And what happened? 51% response rate, that is about half of these people responded. And um, if you will, about um, the cure was 50% of those totally cured. So this is the FDA approved this gene therapy. What it is, is you're giving this stuff in the bladder, but instead of it being BCG, which is this tumor is no longer responsive to patients, you give a virus that inserts a gene into the tumor and voila, your body attacks that virus killing the tumor. Pretty clever. That's what, that this is the first of these and just great cleverness. By the way, during the flu uh, raging last month, the FDA, the US released medicine from the national stockpile. I didn't realize they had national stockpiles of children's products such as the uh, over-the-counter fever-reducing products, and they also have some uh, uh, Tamiflu, et cetera, and they released it so that we wouldn't run short of it in treating RSV and the flu. Um, and of course, at that time, all the pharmaceutical firms and the big box stores, Kroger, CVS Health, Walgreens, Walmart, et cetera, had all limited the amount you could, any family could purchase at one time. And we got through it because of this. Now, one of the key stories also, which I'll call um, well beyond wellness, is that vaping can affect the lungs lubricant, making breathing tougher. Turns out the vape oil that is the oil that's used in vaping products. And they looked at all kinds of different vaping products. When it comes in contact with the lung is the surface lubricant of the lungs called pulmonary surfactant. That pulmonary surfactant is needed so that the air sacs in your lungs stay open when you exhale and open up bigger when you inhale. So what does this mean? Well, what this means is vaping may be even worse 
for your lungs than tobacco or smoking. Um, there's one other study that I almost hate to cover because it's another vitamin D study. And what it shows is that a low serum vitamin D is tied to age-related loss of muscle strength. Is that because you don't have enough vitamin D or is it because it's just an association? We don't know. And giving more vitamin D um, hasn't seemed to help, but you need a lot to begin with. So um, my guess is that we don't know the answer yet, but some early research shows that vitamin D is very important in gaining muscle strength. So um, my, my big stories of the week, the gene therapy one, um, that is we've now begun to insert genes into tumors with viruses that are specific for that tumor. And that allows our immune system to kill the tumor. The second is that vaping is worse for your lungs than smoking due to its effect on smoking and surfactant. And the third is coffee lowers your risk of diabetes by about 25% and brings out the worst in hypertension. So before you drink, make sure you get your blood pressure under control. This has been young Dr. Mike Roizen. You've been listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast, 1131A. The A's are always the latest news of the week. Brought to you by lifesfirstnaturals.com, makers of bovine colostrum. And we'll have a story next week. I just saw it on the tape. So it'll be a next week's story about red dye and the value of bovine colostrum in antagonizing the red dye intestinal dysfunction that red dye causes. This is really important for Valentine's Day. And so we'll get to that. And um, the uh, bovine colostrum, I was about to tell you, it's from Life's First Naturals as our true biotics. Um, from the standpoint of um, the other sponsor, Great Age Reboot, go to greatagereboot.com and see all the wonderful information we've got there. It's really um, the summary of all the stuff we have here boiled down to the most important stuff for you to learn. Thanks again for listening. Caitlin, thank you for engineering. We'll be back next week.